listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Hollywood Boulevard Podcast this week. We're talking about Spies Like Us, the 1985 smash, well, not at the time smash hit. It was, to me, a Spies Like Us starring Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase with John Landis as director. And I'm joined by my stalwart support group of Jonathan, Joe, and Danny. So why don't you all introduce yourselves? I'm Jonathan Moody, uh, co-host. Joe Torrey, co-host. Uh, Danny Terry, guest. Yes. Thank you. We're, all, we're, all, we're, we're all being really short and sweet with our, our introduction <laughs> and commentary. Straight there. to the point. I mean, you know, well, what else would we say? <laughs> we're not going to give you uh, our bios. Uh, we just want uh, Alfred to explain to us more about Spies Like Us. And why did he yeah. pick this movie? Exactly. Thanks. So, Spies Like Us is one of my favorite movies. The theme for this past season has been um, the 80s and what we liked about the 80s, what movies really stuck to us. And uh, the last one was Ghostbusters 2, which had Dan Aykroyd, and this one has Dan Aykroyd and Spies Like Us um, and Chevy Chase. And originally, this movie is a Cold War drama or comedy, and it was really supposed to star John Belushi, and they... they Think about the show after he passed, and they re um, reworked it, and then it put with Chevy Chase in there. But it's just one of I became a John Landis films have been some of my, my childhood. You know, I started off with Animal House, and this is like at a young age, my father permitted me to watch these. And uh, uh, well, at least Animal House, Blues Brothers was okay, you know, but um. We uh, and then John. I didn't even know John Landis was the common denominator in these things, but um, yeah. So I just, this movie I saw in the theater and I loved it, and it's become a part of my vocabulary. My friend Jason and and I will, and even a couple of friend, close friends at work, we can talk spies like us. We're gonna be talking, you know, in a regular conversation in a meeting. We can. My friend will say we mock what we don't understand, and you know, it's just. It's just one of those, um, it really grew on a lot of people, but this movie gets better each time I watch it. And I was thinking today, if there's one movie I could watch the rest of my life and there's only one, it might be this one. It's got a little bit of everything in it. And from Bernie Casey's salutes to um, Frank Oz administering the test, um, the cameos. And it was modeled after the Bob Hope Road movies. Um, I think it was Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Was both of them who were in these row two well, movies? Heck, well, well, heck, Bob Hope was even in it. He was. <laughs> he, he, he had a cameo in there. And Terry Gilliam. Random cameo. That was like the most what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, oh, let me play through here, you know. Well, um, he, he so. supposedly was like an avid golfer. So, I mean, I, I think it kind of fits his his shtick and also being a, a road movie in some ways. I mean, that was probably, a, that's a natural little one-day in and out sort of cameo that he was in, and, and I picked this movie just because it's, it's got a full a full thing of pop culture, different references of people. John Landis had a lot of guest stars, and, and speaking, I did see this in the movie theater in 1985 at uh, the there's two theater plex with a drive-in screen where the Super Walmart is now at 17. So with that, I'll pass it on to Jonathan. Oh, where where when did I first see this movie or or whatnot? Um... Yeah. What, what, well, actually, I, I think I'd seen it years ago on cable, you know, or whatever, but I, it wasn't 
my cup of tea back then. Like, um, I don't know. A, I'm not a spy guy. Like, I, I, I never got into James Bond. Neither are they. I, yeah, neither are they. <laughs> well, you know, they <laughs> they are the worst spies, but they're great. Um, but you know, and then so I just, I mean, I just watched it last night, and then I've. I, I I was watching it late at night because I watched it after my podcast last night and then sort of was falling asleep. So I decided I'll, I'll finish it this morning and finished it this morning. And I mean, I was laughing so hard. I mean, it, it's not it, it is a really funny movie, um, a lot funnier than because like when I was a kid, I I I, yeah, I guess I just this wasn't my kind of movie, um, my kind of comedy but as an adult, I like I get more of the jokes and I get, you know, and it's just silly. And I think, Danny, if you, if you remember correctly, on the set of Sasquatch vs. Yeti, uh, John Johnson did the doctor doctor to like some people. I don't know if he did it to you or somebody, but he would go like doctor, 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 doctor. And I was laughing so hard when I saw it because I forgot that that's where this that came from right here. So when I was oh. watching it again, I was like, ah, "Okay, you know," because I knew it was from a movie, but I totally forgot what movie. Mm. So it made made me crack up. I really like that scene, and I guess we'll go into that later. But how about you, Joe? Well, um, I can't say that I saw it in a drive-in or anything like that, which, by the way, Alfred, that, that had to be great to be able to see that in the drive-in with um, the drive-in sequences and stuff like that it, in the movie. I mean, I think that that, that would have really hit kind of cool. Back I saw it in the theater park. They didn't have it at the drive-in screen. They had, they oh. had a drive-in screen there where these two small theaters were, so I would have liked to have seen that in the big screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I did not see this in the theaters and I think I saw it. It was either um, during my blockbuster time or, or, um, or on cable to that point. Um, but I had not, I have not seen it since then until uh, basically here. <laughs> so it, it, I, I can't quote it, um, but I recognize a few of the quotes and how they've hit on in, in pop culture and stuff like that, the doctor, doctor, different things like that. And um, uh, so I don't have the history in, in, in being so entrenched into my lexicon in life, um, but it, it's kind of interesting. I think this is where this, this podcast uh, really brings this to light because it's like, there's movies that I had, like, like I talked about Gremlins 2 previously, and I know that that's not your cup, you, one that you knew of, Alfred, or the first Gremlins, that you liked it as much, Alfred, but it's like, and then you've brought this one to me and running scared and stuff like that. So it's, it brings stuff in that it's main, it's, it's like main Hollywood to, to you and to a lot of people, but it's, it, 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 it was a nice fresh dose of the eighties that I hadn't really been a part of or, or experienced in a while. So on that note, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't have the, the repeated viewing and stuff like that. So it was almost like a fresh movie when I watched it. Uh, uh, yesterday but uh, yeah it was a it was a blockbuster or a cable night type of thing back in the late 80s early 90s when i saw it for the first time right on. Uh, so, yeah so on that danny how about you well i think uh the first time i ever saw spies like us was likely on cable or probably um you know from a vhs rental from uh from blockbuster but i've always loved uh the two comedic geniuses in uh, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. You know, I grew up uh, watching movies like, uh, you know, uh, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, uh, the National Lampoon's vacation movies. And, uh, <coughs> you know, with these two, with these two guys, you 
Absolutely cannot go wrong. I mean, it's very relevant to pop culture, especially at the time, you know, during the 80s. Um, and so many, uh, it's really more of kind of like a parody in of itself, you know, especially like Cold War movies and so many hilarious moments. So you know, always an enjoyable experience. And and I agree. I think it would have been perfect to see in a, in a drive-in setting. <laughs> Maybe they should bring that back. Like, I, I would really love to see because... I remember when I was in LA, uh, I had gone to my first drive-in. Like I had never gone to a drive-in until my roommate was like, let's go to a drive-in. And I was like, fuck yeah, you know, why not? Right. So I went and uh, I saw, um, and it was, it was, it was not a, it wasn't the best like first, you know, drive-in because it wasn't like a drive-in movie type of movie. It was two comedies. One of them was the, um, uh knives out uh the original knives out movie and um and the other one was like some other comedy about women in business or something but it was like a newer movie or whatever and i i didn't like that one necessarily as much as i knives out was better to see in the theater like that but mm -hmm. like both i would have loved to see this film in the theater like in the drive in that would have been fun especially in, if it's like the... cold <laughs> yeah i know right and, and the, the closest drive-in to us in this in this vicinity is like about an hour and a half away, um, near near Richmond. And it's like, um, and I go, I've gone up there a number of times, especially during the COVID time, to see the um, older movies. To your point, Jonathan, seeing the old ones on the on the big screens, the best way to go. I saw a couple newer ones, but it's like, yeah, the older ones make it make it more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I would have loved seeing like in, in this one when. Um, uh, when they drop the screen and it sort of becomes that other screen for the for the um, for the lasers and the rockets and <laughs> and all the stuff just uh, the drive and transforms basically. Not to mention them being sucked down. It, it seemed like an endless drop when they went into the the um, the concession area and then they just sort of got zapped down below. It's just yeah yeah. So that, the drive in aspect of it was kind of cool for that sequence, but. So also the music that they have uh, where the drive-in kind of changes into those uh, reflector discs for the lasers. It yeah. almost kind of sounded, uh, was kind of reminiscent to 2001 Space Odyssey yeah. type music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, they, they probably did that. In, they, they, I'm, I'm, this being a parody and stuff like that, in, in the, uh, I felt like tinges of like Doctor Strange Love and stuff like that in it too, like with, the, with some of the, the Cold War references and stuff like that. And, and, and the music, that, to your point there about doing a 2001 thing, that that could, um, yeah, the satellites and all that stuff. They made the whole satellite things. I mean, it, granted, it, the the special effects was a little dated, but I mean, that's not it's not about that really. But but. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. We were talking about the music and stuff, and it was done by Elmer Bernstein, who was the, uh, oh, wow. you know, well, did you Ghostbuster and Stripes and, and did a lot of comedies. And in fact, I was looking it up because I was like, wait, he didn't do the music for Ghostbusters 2. And I was like, why not? You know, and apparently he didn't want to be typecasted for comedy, so he turned it down. And I think that's really funny because, like, yeah, if you look at a lot of his older stuff, like this, it was comedy, you know, that he and he did like the ending music reminded me so much of Stripes ending music that, you know, like the dun dun dun, dun you know, whatever. I was like, that sounds like Stripes, you know, or whatever. And so I was like, is that the same? composer and it was and i was like that's okay so kind of uses a similar 
style, I guess, for these kind of movies. Well, there is some parallels with um, uh, the Cold War element infiltrating um, foreign countries, sort of in the the um, the latter half of the latter third of Stripes does that. And mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not the better better part of Stripes. The better parts, obviously, uh, the first third two thirds of the movie, but just like but, Full um, Metal Jacket to me. Yeah, yeah, but the going on the mission and stuff like that and 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 it kind of fit into like this with spies like us so that yeah having the same musician score it uh, yeah it's funny. <laughs> that, that word but um uh i know when we when we talk about these movies i always like to give some context to like what was what was big and all in the movies at that point and stuff like that so yeah. um okay. this 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 made about 60 million in the box office so i mean nice. for back then that's that's pretty good um uh, it opened up at number two. It came out in December of '85. What it was number in, one? It came out, uh, the second week of Rocky Four. <laughs> sure enough, that's the one where he goes to Russia. So yeah. um, obviously, some very Cold War elements going on in, in the whole culture and stuff like that. So, um, and number three actually um, had um, uh, Brishnik- Mikhail Brishnikov in it. Was White Knight. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. So it's like there's a. I guess '85 was the peak of the Cold War, um, and, and and stuff uh, for that time. Um, and the other ones that was big was um, uh, Santa Claus. The movie was number four, and then Young Sherlock Holmes debuted at number five. And Back to the Future was a little bit further down, but um, that was the um, the the big movies at the time. And um, uh, but yeah, it went on to make sixty million. So I mean, that's I think that's pretty good considering. I mean, I don't know what that would relate to today, but that's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. good. I, I, and I don't know the budget or anything like that on this one, but um, I, I wouldn't think it was a crazy budget unless the, the cast. I mean, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I, I mean, you that. had you had Chevy Chase, you had Dan Aykroyd, and he had a ton. John Landis did this a lot, where you just put directors as like parts, you know. <laughs> so usually, like Rainey's Sam Raimi and. Uh, Martin Brest and um and Joel Cohen as like you know the drive-in security or whatever with BB King who was a didn't he do the um, pawn shop in Trading Places? I think so. Yeah, he, John Landis liked to do that. Like he liked to put directors, especially in cameos, because I I guess he was friends with them, so he was just like you know. But that became his thing, and I'm like thinking. I could become that for like independent films. Like I could put all the B movie uh, directors as cameos in, in my films or whatever. Get John Johnson or you know <laughs> all of these other actors to come in and make little cameos in my movie and and everything. That would be kind of cool, actually. You know, low budget John, mm-hmm. even lower John budget Landis John Landis. Is, is one you, of his movies he directed was Into the Night, and he actually played one of the lead characters in that. Yeah. End of the night was almost a second choice for me for this because this is an odd movie, but it's really, uh, really good. But it's always like it's, I was thinking today with the connection between actors wise with Ghostbusters and Spies Like Us, and I think it, it, there's probably some kind of Landis verse out there that <laughs> really different things. There is hey, probably. Just, and uh, well, moving on, speaking of that, I was thinking about the scene where um. They're out in the desert, and he's like, "I know the Timex, and it's a knockoff of an '85 Timex, and I know the time piece of the world." Telling John, um, you know, basically we gotta get out of the car. And it's just such a surreal scene where they come out, and then 
But the guy from Greg Marmalard and this other guy, Greg Marmalard from Animal House, the actor, plays a role in this one. And they're like, hey. And they're like, is this, I like John Landis. This is weird stuff that he does in his movies like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he pulled, that's a cameo from, from Animal, Animal House. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, was another Landis film. So, yeah. Well, so, by the way, I found this. Appearances by directors. Uh, Michael Apted, Martin Brest, Joel Cohen, Larry Cohen, um, Costas Gavras, um, Terry Gilliam, um, uh, Frank Oz, Sam Raimi, filmmaker Ray Harryhausen, cinematographer Robert Paytoner, and visual effects artist Derek Mettings all had roles in this film. <laughs> just, just think of this like John Landis is like telling the studio, "I want to put all of these actors in like one day cameos." Like, right? Like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you the studio's like, why? <laughs> what movies, what other movies has Donna Douglas been in? But who's? Donna Douglas, the love interest of Chevy Chase. Oh, Donna Dixon. Dixon, Dixon, yeah. Yeah, she was actually, uh, interestingly enough, she was actually Dan Aykroyd's wife. They, that's uh, what, that's oh. what it was, I they have since separated, but she was in like she was in Wayne's World as like the dream girl, you know, when he's like having that little fantasy sequence, I guess, or whatever, what Garth was, right? You know, <laughs> um, the she was in a lot of stuff, but she was, you know, uh, she got married to Dan Aykroyd before this movie, so it made me like laugh knowing she's married to Dan Aykroyd, and yet she's making out with Chevy Chase. Yeah. It must have, like, because there's a point where Dan Aykroyd kind of looks at at them, and I'm mm-hmm. like thinking to myself, is he is he pissed right now? Like, for real? Like, he looks angry. Like, like how could you get her, you know, her, you know, right? Well, 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 he, well, he co-wrote it. So, I mean, he, he has no one to blame but himself for that. So, yeah. Yeah. He co-wrote it <laughs> in, with uh, the problem child writers, you know. Oh, well, was it Dave Thomas was one of them? And he wanted the, um, I think he's um, one of the story the guys. Brew, the, the is he one of the Strange Brew guys? Yeah. Yeah. Strange Brew and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was also written by uh, Babalu Mandel, I think is his name. And uh, so, yeah, so Dave Thomas and uh, Dan Aykroyd both wrote the story for it. And Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel um, wrote those things. They they were known for Splash, A League of Their Own. I think Problem Child was one of them. Yeah. Problem Child, Father's Day, Greedy, Mr. Saturday Night, City Slickers, Parenthood, um, yeah, Night Shift. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't do Problem Child. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, mid to later '80s things in there. So I guess that was a high time. No, for, that was the never them. mind. That was the other guys. Those the guys who wrote uh, Man uh, Man on the Moon and stuff, Scott Scott, Scott Alexander. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, those guys did amazing job writing co-writing this movie because it was pretty funny and a lot of it felt Chevy Chase, but some of it felt Bill Murray. Did you guys think that like at all? Like when you're listening to it, going, this could have been Bill Murray as well, you know? Well, um, yeah, they probably would have thought too too close to Stripes with that, but um, 
yeah. um but but yeah it did yeah it was basically heavy chase was in bill murray they're playing the same type of um awkward i don't i don't want to say losers but it, well, on stripes he was but <laughs> um uh they're just very thinking they they, they just sort of stumbled their way through everything and and that, yeah. that's what he that's what he basically did here. And um, then Aykroyd plays some somewhat the the straight to Chase being the the the, the crazy. <laughs> um, now now Aykroyd did get to do the crazy too to a degree at times. Yeah. No. Well, one of the speaking of crazy, my friend Jason, he's another one of my buddies who we love this movie. He um, do you remember the part where they meet up in the with the postune people and he's like. Yeah, let me. I talk to him, and he reads out these lines in costume and says, "You can, if you let me go free, you can use my friend's head for polo." Yeah. Anyways, well, my friend, this is before like computers and easy access to info, and he spent an hour listening to that, transcribing the whole thing that he was saying, just so he could leave it on my voice message on my phone. <laughs> so you're, you, you and your friend really love movie? this movie. We do. We're just. It's just, we just, I have a, like a love affair with this movie almost. It's just, it's just so loaded with stuff I love. But the press conference, one of the bosses, he goes, you know, when um, Chevy Chase goes, and he, th- this mic is going out, and he's like, da, 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 on state, you know, it's like, well, I've you know, been Zoom and stuff, like with stuff like that happening all the time, but honestly, on state, you know, it's just <laughs> how this microphone is having out. So. I had to write a book practically uses of spies like us in everyday life. <laughs> and they cut from that to um him <laughs> having the eye patch and the 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 um arm yeah. sling and everything like that. Uh, for the to not so um uh not so um secretly cheat <laughs> on the text. Yeah, the, the, Frank Oz is just staring at him while he's doing it. They can come back from work and saying are you looking late to whatever? You, oh, I was at the reading of a will, and I found out I got nothing. Because <laughs> you're cracking myself up. Yeah. And then they, they, they but but at the test, they like pop the. He he flips Frank Oz flips the uh, button, and the cameras pop on. And everything like yes. That. And then they just keep on going with the nonsense. It's like I'm yes. like, oh god. Um, but the, the they, hilarious sort part of, is. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Dan. Yeah. The, the hilar- the hilarious part is that you know these guys are obviously the least likely to be picked to be spies, but uh, the fact that they were, um, I mean, of course that was done on done on purpose for in order for them to be decoys for the real spies, you know, and of course they're thinking that they're they're real spies from the get go, and they're not exactly the uh, the ones that you would necessarily uh, pick for that position, especially since they were completely rushed through their training. Um, and speaking of the training, that was one of the best sequences. That I just love that. I always say, like, the stuff they have them go through, it's just like Air Force trained passive, passive trained response. Even before them with the ninjas and stuff, yeah. the ninjas just show up and they're just like, what am I going to, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what to do, but they like, you're, you're the communications guy. Go talk to him. <laughs> and he's like, you just know, a ball, man. Is the light impressive? <laughs> It was funny. I liked. I liked that. Like I liked uh, the ninja stuff. I liked the, uh, the 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 actual training or whatever. And at one point, they're just like, "Okay, we're done. You know, we're fine. We're good on our training." And they're like, 
you know, uh, we'll kill you if you don't uh, continue going. Bernie Casey's just, they can affect a better guy for that sequence. Who was he like? Is did he do Bernie. other stuff? I'm I wasn't familiar with him. I think he was on the Black Exploitation. Uh, yeah, he was he was from that. Um, uh, his main credits on here. I'm trying to scroll through. Oh, he was He's in a Bond the Nerds. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yeah, that's a, Who was he? Who was he in uh, Bill and Ted? Uh, Mr. Ryan is isn't that one the teacher? Yes. That's right. He is the teacher. He's the teacher. Okay, now I know where where. So I was like, he looked familiar, but I wasn't sure who he was, and I didn't look him up, sadly. But um, there's there's too many actors in this film to just yeah. look I, everybody up. I I think it, Bernie Casey is one of those ones. It's like it's just like Bruce Davis is in there and, and stuff like it's like people that you 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 might not be able to say specifically like this movie or this movie or this movie, but it's like you've seen them in a ton of stuff. And and Casey's like that, and like I said, Bruce Davison was another one. He was one of the, the two um, the two suits at the beginning or throughout the movie, because um, he's been in a lot of stuff too. But um, uh, so in Revenge of the Nerds, Bernie Casey, it, it looks like he was UN Jefferson. I'm trying to remember who that who that was. President of the Lambda Fraternity, Lambda 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 Fraternity, and he came gotcha, out of yeah. the before they gave him. And he gave the speech to let um, Skolnick have the um, the mic. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Hold it right there. I actually He's bought that recently. Actor. I bought that recently. Uh, the The Revenge of the Nerds, and um, I was uh, a friend of mine. I wasn't even aware that apparently, even the, like the the director of the film has uh, sort of disowned scenes in it or whatever, and I'm like. Oh my god! Like that whole whole idea that there was no consent because she he, she was under the impression he was uh he, he was somebody else or whatever. And I'm like, but she enjoyed it. And they end up hooking up. Like, like why? That's there's no there's no you know like I I don't I don't get it. Like it was weird, you know that. Well, that, every... that, that, a lot of those movies back then, it's it's just. Um... The political correctness of today it's just it, it's going to strike so many things wrong in so many movies that that if you look at it through today's lens for then but at that point not saying that it was right or wrong different stuff that happened on those movies then but it just it was a different world and yeah it was like a different we talked about stuff like that there but it's and stuff like that couldn't be made today i mean it, it just have to be so different well, um yeah i mean you they tried to bring back revenge of the nerds by the way uh my friend jackie was in it and it just for some reason it fell apart like they lost the money the funding so they couldn't finish it you know but man that sucks well, well they were, were they doing like a was they planning on doing like a, a, a remake or just like a part what six or seven or whatever they're at i think it's gonna I be a remake or something so resexing re whatever i hope not because i don't think that was the plan um i just remember she was on set of that one, I believe, as an extra because they were shooting in Atlanta. And back then, that's what she was doing. So I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, it was that. And there was also another one that fell through. Uh, or or maybe it didn't fall through. It actually got made. Uh, with the dude from uh, our Ghostbusters 2 guy. Um, the jerk uh, mayor's assistant guy. Um Oh, that, what William Atherton? Kurt, Kurt no, the other guy, the, the one Fuller. from Ghostbusters 2. 
Uh, I think it's Fuller, yeah. Yeah, Kurt Fuller. Um, oh, he was in a lot of movies too. <laughs> see, he's he was... one. It, and, and 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 they might be typecast, but I mean that's what the the, the secondary characters usually are. I mean, because they fit a role, and I mean, and, and and some of them fit it so perfectly, and it's um, and uh, for for this one, um, uh, Bernie Casey, he sort of has that authority type of presence. And I, I guess that's why he would fit in here. He pro- he's probably played a military guy throughout the years and, and stuff. I mean, if I scrolled through and looked more at his stuff, I'm sure you've probably seen some some either captains or drill sergeants and stuff like that. Because it's just it's perfect. Hmm. Um. Also, so it's a similar sort of thing. Like, there's uh, certain actors that, like, just about every I think, especially through the '80s or '90s just about every movie that they made about the space program. It's always the same guys that work in mission control. (laughs) Um, That's like the, the, the the military movies. I I remember seeing the, um, the, the the same, the same suits, the high level court uh, colonels and stuff like that. It seemed like even in the spies like us, a couple of them, I was like, that resembles a lot like the, um, the colonel from um from stripes and i was like so it's like you get those same type of it might not be i don't think in this case it was the same actor but it's the same type of presence but in yeah and sometimes it is the same people it's like hey i remember here for this i think the uh, hot 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 they're using the training is the same hot 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 they're using the blues brothers well i mean that would make sense with the bm landis as well so yeah it's and, and Ackroyd. Um, I guess um, Landis um, Ackroyd must have been one of his acting or writing. The, one of the you always say that the directors have their muses of, of whatever, and I guess Ackroyd must be there with Landis. Uh, so why don't we go into what are your favorite scenes or what you like best about the movie? Uh, who wants to start? Uh, uh, Danny, you're guest. Danny, I think just... Danny to start. <laughs> well, um, I know like there, there was one particular, I actually quoted, um, quoted this with, uh, with John, but there was one particular, uh, scene where they were, um, I think where they were getting closer to Russia and then they were trying to communicate. Um, and then they get to, there's that, that group that's near the, the nuclear warhead and they're trying to figure out like what she's saying. It's like, what's she saying? Like hair, hair brush headrest it's like jesus where did you learn your russian jc penny <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a good one that was a good scene and oh vanessa angel man Oof. a young vanessa angel oh was she there she was here with uh and i got I her, her. she had to go the dvd for me and she had to go the picture for me nice I need a fuck by nine meter. I don't know. Man, there's so many guests at that convention. It's really hard to, you know. know um, right. How about you, Joe? Um, mine would probably have to be the introduction of both of the characters um, to, to the very beginning of the film. Um, I really like I, I like the way they introduced Chase's character. I mean, he, he was watching a musical with, with with Reagan, which was kind of funny that Ronald Reagan was pops up in the scene behind him, and then obviously the president um, as well. So um, uh, his introduction with the way he's just, and you could tell from just the way he's acting that he's just completely, uh, he's he's cheated his way 
through, I guess, the system. So it's like they, they really good setup for his character. Um, but even better was Aykroyd's introduction. I mean, I absolutely love that because it's like he was solving everything basically in the basement. And um, his boss was like a real dick and, and, and um, uh, basically was trying to hold him down from everything. He's like, do this, do this. He's like, done, done, done. He's like, okay, clean your desk. So he opens up the drawer and just shoves it in the drawer. And, it, it, and then the, the the boss says, oh, yeah, by the way, you got this test. But he, he's just basically trying to set him up to fail. And it's like you can tell that Ackroyd can uh, adjust to any type of situation. And I think that that was really nice um, uh, foreshadowing for what they were going to face in the future. And it set him up as a, uh, it, it set him up as a, not just, not, not to, he did some idiotic things throughout the movie as well, but he had a sense of balance to the, to the relationship. And it, it just, I think really worked overall for the film. It's the introduction. And, and then the two of them coming together at the test, that's, I was just like, okay, they they're gonna. It's just gonna work. This is gonna work. So, so I'd say the, the introduction. I agree. Yeah, I really like the introduction. And with Chevy Chase, with that scene right there, me and my friend Jason we were we spent years trying to find out what movie that was from and who was in it. And uh, finding YouTube, I just type, I was looking Google searching it or whatever. But finally, I found it on YouTube. I said. Ronald Reagan school teacher something something and it came up and I was like holy shit so so we finally figured it out after twenty years but we guys when we act surprised when he does, when his eyebrows go up and Ronald Reagan come up that's <laughs> what I love that scene where they whoa Ronald Reagan <laughs> the actor yes <laughs> but but in this he was the actor and he was the president so yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny that Reagan. Back to the Future came out this that year. That, that you know, yeah, yeah, so. it, yeah. It was it was at the box office at the same time. So yeah, it was Reagan um, was uh you know Reagan was all over the place there. There you go. Mid actually on IMDb. He is credited as the president of the United States. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and um, I guess and, and in stock footage for whatever the character's name was in that movie that he was in on the on in the musical. Um, I I think honestly my favorite uh like you know my favorite scene in the whole thing is Chevy Chase when he was being uh you know he's being held down by the Russians and they're like we're gonna cut off your finger or uh, we'll cut off a finger and he goes mine or yours he goes yours like, oh and then the guy hits him he goes why are you hitting me he's gonna cut off my finger. You know, like I was just like, yeah, get, yeah, get it. It was so. It was. It was probably that scene. It was probably I. I. I could not stop laughing from that. I had to rewind have, it. You know, after all that, he says, "Don't I get a phone call?" And then one of the other, um, the K KGB officers that was pretending to help them, he's like, "And who would you, uh, and who would you want to call?" <laughs> now. A anybody actually <laughs> know what KGB stood for before this movie? No. No, I did not either. They were like, "Excuse me, wrote that they were, down." I didn't know what it stood for. Well, you know, I didn't know what the like the the words were, right, or whatever. And so I I knew it meant like Russian, you know, or whatever. But I didn't know like uh, that it was uh, what what it stood for. So when he goes, "What does?" 
you know, and has him read it, and is he actually writes it down like exactly what it is? Because I looked it up on Google, you know, and I was like, well, oh, isn't, what, isn't like the G like a twenty, a uh, fifteen to twenty letter word or something like that? It was just like it was oh, like all the way across the screen. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, but the yeah, it was it was funny. I did not know what KGB stood for, but. Now we. I've do. always, I, I've always took it as like the the Russian. Um, it's not the Russian police, but it's like the Russian Secret FBI, Service or, or, yeah. or yeah. FBI. Like, yeah, it's like their their version of like FBI or CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, not not. It, it is probably not on the same. Um, well, there's probably corruption on both sides of it, in the U.S. side of it, but um, uh, I think theirs is used for a little bit different purpose than than what ours is used for. Here in the states, but yeah. KGB, yeah. CIA, FBI—they're all the same. Moscow and the Hudson. Did you ever see that one, Robin Williams? I, you know what? I just found out about it recently. You know, um, forgot how. He migrates from Russia. And he's like, this one guy's asking. He goes, KGB. He goes, no, CIA. And he goes, no, he goes, GAY. <laughs> <laughs> that was Robin Williams who said that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like him. <laughs> I it love that. Knowing him, knowing him, he probably went completely off, 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 off key for that. I mean, off script because he he would do he would do takes that just go completely random. He he did that with uh, I saw this like commercial where I don't even know how they I don't know if they ever got it finished, but you can hear the director getting really angry at Robin because he's not sticking to the script at all and he's just and he has only one line to say and he just keeps ad-libbing everything and it doesn't none of it makes any sense to what they're selling and so the director's just like let's get another actor in here and and he's like no 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 I I yeah I got it I got it I get the <laughs> give me Gwen DeMarco she's got one line she's gonna say it damn it <laughs> Galaxy Quest yeah. but one line in the stupid show and I'm gonna say it <laughs> <laughs> well, did, I, I don't know if it was something with Robin Williams. One of the documentaries I saw on some film, they, they were like with the comedians. They would say the the great comedians, Tim, like Jim Carrey, those type of ones. They would say stuff like, um, "Do one according to the script, and then you can do a few, however you want to do them, and stuff like right. that." Just so they can get so they can get the real take and stuff like that. So the director would have something really to work with, and then uh, and then some of these things that. Is just gold that come out. Now I imagine in this they probably went off script a few times too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let, especially let Chase. I mean, there's. I have this feeling that Dan Aykroyd is more of a stick to the script because he wrote it kind of guy. You know, like he wrote mm-hmm. it, he knows like how he wants everything. But then Chevy Chase is just like, you know, I don't give a fuck because I'm Chevy Chase. You know, like I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do, and I love it. You know, honestly, yeah. Um, what, what was your what was your favorite scene, Alfred? You didn't say yours, I don't think. There's a, a bunch of them. I'm trying to narrow it down. Well, one scene we talking about him cutting off the finger when they're breaking out of the air and he throws a grenade at him. He goes, "What's this?" He goes, you don't want that. And he throws it back. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it into like the bunch of grenades, so they're not going to be able yeah. to find it to begin with, and they're like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah, I think one of my scenes, I, I was like, is um. I like the beginning sequence um, where they have the satellite up there and everything, the Ace Tomato Company. And um, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, golly. Put me on the spot. 
I'd have to say, um, hey, we're Americans, and he does the whole po- head for polo scene. I really like that. I just want to, I'm glad I heard time to see that. And um, when they're doing the, um, I don't know, this movie is very hard for me to do that. You know, it's just the whole thing's like one big scene for me, but um, I really like the, there's a couple strong lines in here, but um, we're OIO, we're obligated to involuntary operatives. It's a good scene, too. When they find out that they're like uh, they're decoys and everything, just like or at least uh, was it um, uh, Dan Aykroyd finds out he's a decoy, he uh, and he's like, you know what, it might be worth, you know, this might be your mission, but my mission is to get my friend back out, you know, and mm-hmm. I just I I loved uh, Dan Aykroyd's loyalty because you know in the beginning of their first meeting, they. Remember, they were like both trying to come into the room at the same time, and it's just yeah. sort of like the perfect, like mm-hmm. you know, them together, like you know, like they're the odd couple, you know, in a way. And I, I just love that, you know. It, it, this is basically one of those '80s buddy films, and, and yeah, um, yeah, and, we we had one from Alfred. We had one from Alfred before, Running Scared. Yes, yeah. another one of those. So you you seem to like buddy movies. I do. <laughs> um, it's it's funny your your picks have been sort of like completely different. I feel like too, like you know, the first movie you picked was Excalibur. That's mm-hmm. not anything like the rest of these that we've done. So I I love it. Like I love that you you've picked a whole broad range of different stuff. So thank you, Alfred, for that. Was like um when uh Doctor Brody's talking to Indiana Jones in the first. Raiders Lost Ark, he's like, or the Raiders of Lost Ark, he's like, India, I'm scared. You're going after something we've never encountered before. <laughs> exactly. Also, you take us to movies we've never seen before. Well, I had never seen Excalibur. I had never seen actually all three of those. So, uh, well, I mean, I've seen Spies Like Us on cable, but I don't think I really like watched the whole thing of it. So I think I've seen clips and, and whatnot while I was flipping through the channels. And so watching it now, I'm like I'm definitely definitely glad I have it. I want to get it on Blu-ray at some point if it's on there. I don't even know if it is, but I would say yeah, my favorite scene the whole movie is the training sequence. I think that's definitely there you go. It's that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, so um I, I think didn't you didn't you buy like um uh you got it on like a four pack or something like that? Yes, I'll show you guys the Here's... four pack. Uh yeah. so I got a four pack. Such a weird group of movies. Um, oh, that has Spies Like right. Us, anyway. <laughs> Vegas Vacation, The Man Ooh. with Two Brains, and The Man Who Knew Too Little. And it is weird because, like, the way that they have them together is uh, they're flipper discs, you know, which I hate. They're, that's my least favorite because you can get scratched more easily. But uh, they have The Man Who Knew Too Little and The Man with Two Brains on one and then Vegas vacation and spies like us, which are both Chevy chase movies on one. So I think they did that obviously on purpose to, you know, well, I haven't seen I three have, of those. you haven't seen have three just, of those. Yeah. Which ones haven't you well, seen? The ones that aren't spies well, like us. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you haven't seen the other ones. Okay. That, you, know, you know, Alfred, that, that line fits like right would fit right in this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just gave me a Chevy line. Thanks. <laughs> um, but um, but... Uh, I own 
I, I, I got um, a goodwill dollar version of, of Spies Like Us. Um, uh, very old school DVD. Um, uh, watching it on a big widescreen TV, and it's a standard version. Um, it, it's um, yeah, <laughs> definitely, um, definitely would warrant a better, better copy. Um, yeah, oh, mine wasn't widescreen; it, it was fit. It was supposed to so fit you got, your you screen. Got, you got the standard, also. Yeah, yeah so it, it, sadly. So yeah, so it's but uh, you do what you, like, you do what you gotta do. You know, it cost me eight yeah. bucks for four movies. Like there all right, four three know, you're, movies you're, you're, that uh, that that Alfred hasn't seen and needs to watch. I guess outside of outside the completion of the whole series type of thing, I don't know if I want to have Vegas Vacation in my library, but um, uh, that's that's. I actually like Vegas Vacation. I watched it recently. Um, I was I was shocked because I thought I was not going to like it. I'm just kidding. I liked it. I mean, I I liked Ethan Embry as the as uh, Russ and. You know, um, I, I don't know, I'm just enjoyed it. I think I well, I worked at I worked at the theater when it came out, and um, if when I saw watched it the night before, you know how we used to screen stuff the night before they come out when we put them together, it was like I felt like I was watching a CBS Friday night movie, and that, that's what that felt like to me because um, after the 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 absolute brilliance of the one um, of Christmas Vacation and the first one, Europeans got like a very polarized view on it. So I mean, there's those are the main obviously the main ones and then they did that one a few years back but but vegas to me just doesn't really it, it just doesn't work as much for me ethan Embry stuff though is kind of cool because he went those cars and stuff like that but other than that yeah. well it's funny because i've met three of the rusties you know um uh oh. i've met i've met three of them so i've met anthony michael hall i've met jason lively and i've met ethan Embry. i need to meet johnny glecky now like I'm gonna, that's gonna be my mission. He's not gonna like it because now I'm gonna have to stalk him and find him and just say, "Look, need to meet you because I met all the other ones." You know. <laughs> now you have to try to meet Ed Helms too because didn't they do? It oh, for... I forgot. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's a that's one of the movies I forgot because I just don't. I don't. It, I, it wasn't it, nearly as funny as the originals. But it, but it's it's true canon because I mean it's it's it is. Him, it's Chevy Chase re, being the original role so um it, it didn't feel very like it, it didn't feel like he was playing, you know? Like it was so weird. I I didn't like it that much, but I need to maybe I need to rewatch it, give it another try. Um I just I remembered I was like Chevy Chase and uh, uh Barbara D or, or, or D'Angelo, Beverly D'Angelo both just felt I think they were both in it, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. They they both just felt like thrown in there as like, okay, we have to have them in there to make it canon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it was can canon slash fan service. And I'm sure they got a nice little payday out of it too. But um mm -hmm. uh yeah. yeah, but it it really didn't add a whole lot. I mean that that one, it's it's what it is, but yeah. What it's, about it's, spies it's like us? The movie we're we're here to talk about. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, for spies like us, I've had it for a while. Um, and I think this was back when I worked at Walmart, where we, uh, where I worked in electronics, so I ended up using my employee discount to get a lot of movies. And it unfortunately was the only version available. It was uh, one of those double feature two packs. Um, and the other movie that was in it was. Uh, Nothing But Trouble, which is another obscure movie with uh, mm. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Great movie. So, and, yeah. and John Landis directs that too, I believe, doesn't 
So I, think, I think so. I, I could be wrong, but I I'll look that up. And just, does. But uh, I, I think so. I think he did. Um, yeah. Have you? Have, did you watch Nothing But Trouble? Because I mean, yeah, I've seen both. Yeah. Dan okay. Aykroyd actually yeah. directed Nothing But Trouble. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then cool. I didn't know he directed anything. So uh, he doesn't. He doesn't usually direct um, much. But uh, hmm. you know. Or wait, is that is like he's the only one he's directed? Wow. That might be. Uh oh. what? That, well, nothing but trouble's got a good cast in it. It's just I, I don't I remember I didn't really care for it when I saw it, but that was gosh, it's what, thirty years now? <laughs> didn't it come out like in the early nineties, I think? I think so. Like ninety four, I wanna say. Yeah, somewhere in that I think and, that and, was and, also uh one of the as far as the nineties, of course, like before um Eddie Murphy, you know, Nutty Professor came out. Um, I think that was like the first movie of the nineties where you actually have one actor play multiple uh, like you have a, cer- a certain actors in the movie play multiple roles, like Dan Aykroyd, he played both the the judge and I think one of the twins that he had in the, out in the junkyard. Uh, John Candy played uh, both the sheriff uh, the sheriff's deputy and um his sister. Right, Eldona. <laughs> this is basically El- John Candy and Drag. Eldona, right? Yeah, Eldona. <laughs> uh, like they're giving a, a warm Hawaiian punch at the end of a rough day, or whatever. What's the oil? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So apparently, yeah, Dan Aykroyd directed it, and this is his only directorial movie. You know, so oh, I guess if it, I remember correctly, it, it bombed pretty badly. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah. I guess, and plus, money wise, quality yeah. that, that's a different story, but money wise, it didn't do anything from what I remember. Yeah. That and, movie, what are you saying? That Alfred. movie has one of the best, probably one of my top 10 of all time sequences when the pickle shooting, that train's going around the table. And the, 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 I forget the guy's name. Um, he gets hit in the nose with the the, the pickle for this. He said, "I don't want to get it out." He says, "I would be sitting with my sister who's the queen of the Mardi Gras with the pickle shooting train because he's I'm about to flip out, man." That's funny. Yeah. I got man. I need to rewatch that movie. Um, I, most of those are like cult movies that you would see on maybe Kino Lorber, but put that mm-hmm. out because nobody else <laughs> wants to. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I I don't think Warner Brothers is breaking down the door to probably um, put that out at a, a big time. They uh, probably forgot they have it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I remember yeah, hearing that like been... Kevin Smith said like Mallrats was uh you know they put Mallrats uh Universal forgot that they even had Mallrats in their that was that's ours oh all right uh. Because he pitched doing a TV show for Mallrats there, and they're like, "Why are you pitching?" <laughs> you know, Mallrats does. Oh wait, we own it. Okay, you know, well, that's because just... it, it isn't almost all their other his other stuff. It's obviously it's not Universal, so it's like Miramax um, or Dimension. Yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, but this, yeah, the studio is just like I mean, it just it didn't it didn't make money for them, so they probably just forgot about it and it's sort of yeah. Good. But, it did, but that has a serious cult following. That one does too. Yep. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, another, um, something I was thinking of with Spies Like Us, um, uh, and it, it, unfortunately it wasn't a great one, but um, uh, any any soundtrack that's got a Beatle doing the title song um, is usually going to have get, be, be, be good for me. And I mean, Paul McCartney does the title song for this. It wasn't a great song, though. But um, like I said, I'm such a Beatles fan that any time a, a Beatles going to show up on, on something here, I'm, I'm all for it. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, I was not aware of that, but, you know, I, I don't even remember the song, you know? I mean, sadly, I don't. Yeah, they, I, th I think it played in the in the credits. That was basically it. Well, Yeah. you know, you know, as as we're in the eighties stuff here, I mean, just about all those movies in the eighties that got big releases had had to have a song and in, in, in a music video. And uh, um, so this Goonies. was this was. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Every, everything. I mean, with What was the uh, was a Cindy Lauper with the Goonies, right? So, you know. um, yeah, I, 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 Gremlins. I don't know if Gremlins. I think Gremlins was just mainly a score. I don't think they even had a song. Um, Ghostbusters, Well, but yeah, the that Ghostbusters. is one of the main ones. Yeah, but it's so funny knowing like. That the guy, it was a last minute thing because they didn't even know if they were going to have the title Ghostbusters, you know? So they're Yeah. like, it was all last last minute. And the guy was like, I can't rhyme Ghostbusters, <laughs> you know? So he was like, uh, everything else, you know, everything was Ghostbusters, you know, everything else was a rhyme, you know? little Well, fun that fact that actually has a connection to spies like us here um in the music video for uh ghostbusters uh chevy chase is actually one of the one of the cameos that they have in that movie there's there there's several cameos in the music video but he's one of them Yeah, music because he's the one that, in the music video for Ghostbusters. Yeah, because he's the one that has a cigarette and he's sort of like he's going to swallow it and he ends up starting to choke and all. It's the it's I think he's throughout it, but he's like one of the last ones right before the end when the logo pops up It was at, Chevy at Chase, the end. Danny DeVito, and like several other cameos. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like Carly Simon was there. Peter Falk, Columbo I need was to in watch there. this. Yeah, I need to watch Yeah, that this. video. That video is great because it's yeah. It, it, there's a lot of '80s people that you that that might not be as common today known today but it was just like oh 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 Well, that's basically I, I... what Spies Like Us for. It's like, you know, it's a who's who of like 80s, um, 80s movies, 80s comedies. I'm like, okay, who else is in this movie? <laughs> who is in it that we don't even know is in it you know kind of things pop up Jonathan, you might appreciate this too. This would all these cameos and stuff like that. It reminds us of that one, that dog movie that we we did on on indie film or or one of those a while oh back. yeah wonton ton Where, the dog yeah, where it that had saved hollywood where it had like all the um uh the silent film stars and all the the stars from like the the thirties and forties and stuff like that 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 had little segments in it. Was it wasn't it that one? Wasn't yeah it the wonton? there was Yeah, there was that and there mad was mad also mad mad world. Yeah, it's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. There's another one that has a lot of cameos. Another movie that's sort of in the vein of the Wonton Ton one that Paul and I did was called Sextet. And it had a lot of cameos, all these random big-time actors and stuff. And it was so kind of gross because it was like an aging, you know, it was an older woman trying to be as sexy as she was when she was once younger. And it doesn't <laughs> does not work. Was was this a Paul pick? It was, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, Just but like of course. Wonton Ton. Because he knows these movies that, um, you know, have like, it was, what's her name? It was Mae West. And then it's got Timothy Dalton is going after her. 
Dom DeLuise oh, is in it. Tony Curtis, Ringo Starr, George Hamilton, oh. Alice Cooper, Keith Allison, um, Keith Moon, Regis Philbin, uh, Walter Pigeon, Gil Stratton. A lot of them played themselves in it. It was it was a movie about Mae West trying to reclaim her, you know, sexiness or whatever. And it's in the eighties. Have, oh. have you ever seen the movie Love Honor and Obey with um um gosh Johnny from Hackers? Johnny it's a British movie and all of the characters in there use their real about first the dude name. from um uh uh from from train spotting? Yes. Yeah I I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name. He had the T V show that was on CBS. Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah Johnny Lee Miller yeah it's it's, it's a pretty good movie. It's got all these British actors like Sean Pertwee and who's Doctor Who's third Doctor's son, um, and other prominent yeah. Jude Laws in it. And it's funny because the whole movie, Jude Laws' character is Jude, Johnny Lee Miller's character is Johnny. It's just kind of bizarre. It's a weird movie, but I recommend that one if you haven't seen it. It's called Love, Honor, and Obey. Love, Honor, and Obey. Huh. Kind of like British rival gangs. I have to check that out. So, John, so Jonathan, you were you were you were talking about the one that Paul recommended and all. And I, I think this will take us back to spies like us. So, I mean, Paul probably found yeah. this on his sketchy, Bring us sketchy back, Russian, Joe. R- R- sketchy Russian porn site. So, um, uh, that's <laughs> probably where 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 Paul found it. Found some of those. Um, mm-hmm. so spies like us. Um, uh, th- they had the the sketchy um, Russian stuff going on too. So they um, did. Uh, I'm trying to rein it back. Well, the uh, the like missile, <laughs> you know, the missile that they had, that was fucking insane. And and um, you know, it, it's funny how um, you know, uh, Dan Aykroyd is making it with uh with Vanessa Angel, and she sparks some brilliance out of him. You know, and he, you know, he gets out of the tent and is like, "I know it. I come, everybody, come here. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna solve this thing." And then uh. Oh, uh, what's her? Uh, then the Chevy Chase goes. You had a tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I and I know the answer to this. Uh, but how come the girls when they came out in their big they, they had they had all this clothes and all stuff, but they had to have it off of their shirt, their chest. So oh, yeah. it was like the mm-hmm. the gratuitous shot that's still only for like a PG thirteen. I'm sure this is PG thirteen um, movie, but it was just like I was like, why, why not? But I mean, it just it was there to. For, for obvious reasons, but um, I'm surprised they didn't yeah. go R with this movie. You yeah. know, I imagine it is PG 13. Well, it's PG actually. It's not even 13. So, well, um, PG back then, I don't know if that was when yeah. they actually had PG 13 because they didn't have PG 13 till sometime in the 80s. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about that on a previous one, I believe, and I think it was um, uh, Indiana, one of the Indiana Jones and stuff like that. And, um, Temple of Doom, and, 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 and Gremlins was so this could have been right about this could have been right afterwards, but it still got a PG. So, so I think Gremlins was one of the first PG 13. Okay, for, that was 84. Yeah, so so um, uh, but yeah, this one here is on the, this says it's PG, so um, I guess there really wasn't any. I mean, seemed like there was language, it just seemed like there was. Um, but maybe it was just that they were alluding to stuff. And if that's the case, that's just great comedy that they were able to to push the boundaries or go past stuff to make you think it was something more than it really was going on. I don't mm-hmm. remember any profanity. Closing is my balls. What? Yeah, well... yeah I, don't, I don't I don't recall a, a lot of profanity in this movie. I'm, no. Honestly, a lot of a lot of movies during 
during the 80s didn't you know they relied more on on actual you know good dialogue yeah yeah I mean, the only thing I can think of is like the stripes, you know, stripes or whatever was rated R, so they they had a lot of profanity in there, but that was more for adults. Which one? Stripes. Stripe. What about it? it? Had nudity too. Yeah, it had not, and that's right, freaking Stillman. Ah. Well, <laughs> well, well, stripes. Stripes is. To me, I think what what spies like us is to you, Alfred. So yeah, yeah. Because I love stripes. So much the other night. Stripes to me, I can just I, I talk that movie up with Amber all the time, and she she didn't know what it was until she saw it, and she saw it, and she's just like, "Oh my lord, what do you, what am I getting myself into?" And it's cause yeah. all through stripes. I can just and I have a friend too that I I, I our our conversation can be through stripes stripes talk. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's. Sure, so I can, with. yeah. So I could definitely relate to what you're saying. How you, how you and a couple of your friends you could talk spies like us. Yeah, and, um, uh, stripes, stripes. Yeah, stripes was one of those movies mm-hmm. for me too. Were you gonna say Alfred? Oh, in stripes, when I was at a Fort Knox on a business trip, they actually showed it. One of the guys showed me where they filmed Fort Arnold, and they had some nice. of the old World War II barracks are still standing. And there's a town outside of Fort Knox that has um. This is the East German town that they found with the bridge and everything. I didn't make it over there, but I said, if you ever do, it's right there. So they're both accessible in the United States. Uh, every time I think of Ford Knox, I think of uh, Die Hard Gold with Finger? a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, I think and he's all, like, you're Fort Knox. You know. All the gold Fort Knox. Yeah, the riddles. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a while, but I I like uh, you know uh, uh, all those things. So it was great. It, it you know you picked a great movie like this. Spies like us, I think, was um, you know hilarious. Like with, with just, Danny being our guest, I'd like him to maybe do a recap of some of his parts and why he likes the movie and and um, you know what's special about it for him. Honestly, um, I mean the you know the the two the two main main uh, actors in this role um chevy chase and dan Aykroyd. i love the banter between their their characters Mm -hmm. i mean it's uh, you know it's a lot of buddy movies are like this but like they're so witty with their dialogue and i think one of the parts that i always crack up at is uh when they're talking about um was it dr boyer um, and of course, they don't realize at that point, it, you know, she's she's an actual spy, uh, with, the, um, and they're looking to to go after her. And of course, Chevy Chase's character, you know, he's a typical kind of like he he really wants to get the get the woman. Um, and he, um, he's like, well, they they kind of seem to be, uh, you know, you know, if no, no I mean, they're kind of going this way. And, like, and then Dan Eckhart's character, like, they do send the ten. Uh, it's like, like, oh well, you're you know, you're thinking with your dick and, and, and then he figure, <laughs> figures out like, Oh, well, they do seem to be heading in that general direction. Maybe your dick's not so dumb. Got yeah. Through high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got me through high. That was one of the great, yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> that was great. I, uh, yeah, I, I love that. So thank you, Danny. Those doctors are real doctors. What do you mean? She's got a sad scream, something that's another 9,000 that only it's a high tech, Communication with CIA and stuff. <laughs> they killed that poor guy. Poor guy who was under anesthesia, which they didn't even know he was under anesthesia at the time. Did I save the patient? 
<laughs> die into and, battle is is honor to die in tent is disgrace and of course the whole tribe is all pissed off at them for causing the guy to die in a tent in the novel you get a goon's chase yeah i know right that was crazy the 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 guy was like and and they were getting ready to do the scaffold he kept going underneath looking in the book and stuff like that Ackroyd did Mm -hmm. he was starting to cut and he looked up and they were the, the the three doctors were like he was trying to sit there and find <laughs> the right spot. Yeah, like Dude, and doctor, don't you think that's a little high to do your incision? And then he <laughs> would get up and be like, no, <laughs> right, "I'm the doctor here, you know." He's like, "Do you want to do this? You want to do this? Yeah, yeah. Be like, get over here and do." <laughs> I thought he was going to turn it over to him and let him do it to get out the hook from it, but then it, they played it a little differently, which was cool too. Um, and that's where the we mock what we don't understand when he's like <laughs> it's the latest technique in chicken girth and muscle tone uh, I, I did like I like that the uh, the scene like the stuff before that before they got to that place and everything where they're they realized those guys well Dan Aykroyd realized those guys were uh uh KGB or whatever you know and stuff and he was you know Russian so he was like uh, don't you need to, you know, don't you need to go to the bathroom right now? And he's like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, don't you need, you know, don't you think you need to, ex- you know, ex- explode your bowels or whatever? You're like, no, I'm, I'm good. He's like, I think your urinary. <laughs> Eventually he goes, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that that would definitely alarm the two guys there, the two uh two men to knowing that something was up you know yes. you know they're um but... something else they did in this it was kind of a little side little thing but it was kind of cool um they were in the middle of the desert and they're lugging those big old bags of their clothes and stuff like that and it's like they make the little comment like it's like why are we going to lug all this stuff he's like you'll thank me in a, in a, a few thousand uh a couple miles or something like that when they could point up to the mountains and i'm like it's it's like a little continuity type thing. It's like how they've gotten all those clothes, but they already had them because they had them from the previous thing. So it it, it was a nice little story thing that they just subtle keeping the mo- thing moving along. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that was that was some pretty good writing and just um, making a making the trek that they're walking from the desert, the transition from the desert to the to the winter area, and um, have something happen in it as well as not just the movement of going from scene to scene. I thought it was kind of cool, and I thought that was good writing and just good production. Um, scene reminded me of, um, the, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Man Who Would Be King with Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Uh, my dad's, well, that's one of my dad's favorite movies. This is a great one. There's a scene similar to that where they get to, they're going to go so far on horseback and they walk in the rest of the way with their goods and their, their clothing. <laughs> And also, uh, like that, the two, their two characters, uh, you know, they realize that they make a good team because there's one particular uh, scene where um, Dan Aykroyd's character, Millbarge, where he's um, rescuing Fitzhume, and he said, "You know, I must really like you because I don't like horses and I hate guns." <laughs> yeah, uh, I just that their relationship went from like pretty much not really liking each other, just kind of having to deal with each other too. Like really like their team by the end of it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, he, he's like he's like, I gotta go save my buddy or or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, when when, when is, the one was captured. Yeah. Yeah. He'd rather go save his buddy than just finish the mission, you know, because yeah. he didn't want his buddy to get, because he kind of ditched his buddy. Like, I hate to say it. I'm like, what a jerk. He kind of just jumps out and he didn't, did he expect that, uh, Chevy Chase was going to do the same thing. I mean, when they, those people had guns on him and you know and whatnot, and he wasn't going to j- jump out as well. So he like totally just ditched his buddy, and then that's why I think he felt bad and wanted to make sure he saved his butt, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it yeah. was. Uh, uh, there's a lot of the dialogue, though. It's you know, it's definitely indicative of the '80s, you know, and mm-hmm. definitely suggestive. Mm -hmm. um you know it it's it's almost like okay what can we get away with you know a certain um uh like one particular scene where uh mill barge figures out like oh they're not doctors um you know and fitzgerald's like what do you mean he's like the metal case she was packing on her horse you know that was the scene that you're uh mentioning um alfred alfred that uh it was like a sophisticated this piece of equipment that she's Mm -hmm. uh carrying it's like it's like it's a uh, it's like uh, it's a uh, for sending scrambling you know uh, satellite messages like so she's a sophisticated woman it's a highly classified piece of intelligence hardware <laughs> betsium comes back so she's a high class intelligent piece so, <laughs> a lot of very suggestive dialogue yeah. that that's what i was very. meaning earlier when i was saying that this is pg and it, the suggestion they really flirted the line and they made they made me feel like it was that they really crossed the line, but they never did. And that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's really good. That's, that's, that's really well done. Do that. Yeah. Um, cause you're right. You said it's PG, but it did feel PG 13. This felt mm-hmm. the closest to PG 13 you can possibly get. And I think, I think they did that. I, I have a feeling, I bet some of it was cut too, to make it PG, you know? So some of there probably was more stuff they did for, you know, more, but mm-hmm. sadly, I guess because it it probably didn't do very well in the box office, and uh, you know, it, it's got Alfred who loves it, but like not mm-hmm. you know not everybody talks about this movie still, mm-hmm. you know, and they should. You know, I'm glad we did this as a show because you know maybe it'll get people more interested in watching it again, you know. And since the Cold War was a huge topic in the '80s, you know, when I was growing up and. Most every other movie for a while there was about the Cold War, and um, mm-hmm. now once that ended, it's a whole frame of reference that a lot of people won't get. What was the Red Dawn? You know, yeah, like um, you know, one. the original Red Dawn. Yeah, I didn't. I never watched the remake. Um, yeah. I I forget don't, don't that the remake exists. You know, yeah, it was just, it's, it's forgettable. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Um, it's forgettable. Flush <laughs> it away. <laughs> Well, I think that about wraps it up. Unless, do you uh, do you have any guys have any last thoughts or any last things on it? Let's we'll start with Danny and we'll work our way around. Last thoughts. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I certainly would encourage others. You know, they're listening to the um to the podcast to definitely watch movies like Spies Like Us. I mean, it's um, you know, it's uh, it's really kind of a throwback to you know, very witty, very smart dialogue. And on honestly, I think we need a resurgence of that um, in, in movies that we have today. We need to bring that back. I agree. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's there's nothing really. Uh, well, there's very limited stuff nowadays that has. Um, I don't want to say just a classic feel, but just has that. Um, has some has enjoys itself and has something to say, but um, and just it's it, it's just me memorable lines and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff we watch today is a lot of it becomes throwaway or, or easily forgettable. And, and um, I think that's, what's wrong uh, with a lot of, unfortunately with a lot of the stuff that's coming out in Hollywood right now. Um, and I think that we're going through a transitional phase um, with the Marvel, the comic books, the superhero stuff that transitioning away from that genre. And it's like, what is going to fill its place? And hopefully it's a, it's, it's a harken back to just good, good old fashioned filmmaking for enjoyment, like movies like this. I think that that hopefully is is where it goes. I totally agree. I think um, I think Danny hit hit it on the head where this movie need we need more of this. You know, we yeah. need this um, kind of comedy. Uh, we have stuff like I mean, I was surprised to see like no hard feelings with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and so we still have that like raunchy kind of calm teen comedy kind of thing, but. We need to bring back like the more family friendly stuff where it it can be adult and it can be kids like or yeah more 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 or less ten ten and up I would say you know because I don't think like eight year olds or five year olds are gonna get any of the jokes in this movie no. but like you know they get a little bit older like teenage that's why PG thirteen is the perfect thing for this because this is a teenage and up kind of movie. Um, and we sort of need that where it's sort of funny and silly, but uh, and, and I think I think the biggest problem with Hollywood today is the uh, the messages are more in your face than they are subtle. Like this movie is, takes place in the Cold War, but they don't they don't make a deal about it. They don't make anything uh, big about it. They just sort of. You know, however, I will say this. This is the last thing I'll share is the fact that a lot of these problems could have been avoided had everybody had cell phones, you know, <laughs> so, you know, right. And things like that. So right nowadays, we are living in a world where uh, we have technology. We have all these things. Maybe we're just too smart for our own good. We can't really have a comedy like this anymore because people would just google things or they would you know they would be like how do i get out of this situation and stuff and this movie shows you where you just they're in the middle of the you know desert they're in snow they're in rush you know all these different places they don't have those you know communications so but but um, in, in 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 this one though they they poked fun at the cold war they poked fun at the russians they poked fun at themselves they poked fun at the U.S. I mean, uh, so pulling out in that that tomato that van, it's like you saw the one place said Washington beef and stuff like that, and it's like, and then they they played some patriotic type of music on the intro, but then it was like sort of a you could see just sort of some of the sludge of D.C. and it was just and so I I like that movies that that can do stuff and, and poke fun at everyone and not just be so pointed in their messaging. And I exactly. think that that's where they need to harken back to if, if it's going to um, that's what we need, really, because it's, it's 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 become such a segment of society otherwise. Um, but, yeah, so that um, uh, funny thing is mentioning this 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 film, um, I think that um, 
my pick's going to actually be a, 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 a they're one of the characters, one of the actors is actually in my pick for the next one. So um, it, uh, if we're going to transition to what we're talking about for next time, um, unless Alfred has anything else for spies like us, because, I mean, this is definitely his pick. So, yeah, um, I leave it with. Yeah, I agree with the humor. Um, the, the humor today is too gross, I think. It's a lot of toilet stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, that stuff's funny or it's a lot of profanity. Just don't get me wrong. Um, it could, but it's just the intelligent writing is just I don't see it very often now. And I'm not trying to not, I'm not going to say I can write a better movie than anybody else, but I just really, this is a gem of a movie. And, um, and there's no, there's no CGI. There's no, well, there might be a little bit, but there's no, um, it's just people on sets and, it's just good. You know, the director, I love the director, and mm-hmm. he's got kind of the same cinematography look and feel. He's kind of consistent, but I just overall, I just think if people should give this movie a chance just to see. And if you don't know anything about the Cold War, look up stuff about it. You know, this movie is a discovery tool. It was a ICBM, you know, and all those other things. <laughs> but exactly. um, yeah, so and um, the the two generals in the beginning part was like. Was like, why don't you get in the closet so we can look at these? Things? <laughs> I was like, okay, now I know what kind of movie I'm getting into. You know? And I'll I'll leave it at this. My Facebook profile, my place of employment is Ace Tomato Company. <laughs> That's oh, funny. One, one of the funniest introductions of that scenario, like with where the two, um, the main gentleman, the suits that end up going to the drive-through, is like yeah. they. They said, like, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, why don't you gentlemen have a Pepsi? And that was none other than B.B. King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> like, they go inside. So, like, so now what? And then and they kind of, like, think back, oh, why don't you gentlemen have a Pepsi? So and they figure out. And that's, that ends up being the very, um, it, it's, that was the button to activate the elevator that takes them down to the, the top secret um that uh military uh installation that they had so and then how they wonder, end the movie with the, uh, the they're playing trivial pursuit to figure out to go demilitarize the new the world from <laughs> nuclear weapons but yeah the gentleman wants you have a pepsi i love that because beauty king he's been a couple of john Lane's movies i yeah. think it must be a I'm, band I'm, cu- I'm curious and i don't know i i it, it could be just completely off with this but um about that time, isn't that when? Because um, I know John Landis directed some Michael Jackson videos, thriller music videos, um, yeah, thriller and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I'm not sure when Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire. Was that a Pepsi commercial? Or was it a Coke commercial? Pepsi. That was right about this time, too, I believe. So um, I wonder if, it, if if there was if there was some sort of linkage there with them, um, uh, an, an in joke with them or something. I don't know, but um. Uh, I'm sure they had they have a lot of hidden jokes with them because I mean the comedians and stuff like that they all are they probably had a lot of hidden stuff in there which which is gold I mean the, the stuff that we could take in is gold but I'm sure they had a lot a lot of fun making this for sure all right um so thank you guys uh, Joe's gonna tell us what what is next what's up uh, for next month well I was I was hinting at it with um. Uh, one of the actors that one of the main actors that's in this and um uh i believe this is going to be the season finale the next one too isn't it um so um uh and that it'll be in december so it's um i'm going with christmas vacation national lampoon's christmas Christmas vacation Vacation. yeah so it's like i i'm I'm gonna 
all sorts of, we would talk vacation in here and um, uh, Chevy Chase and um, uh, even Johnny Galecki and all that. So um, we'll definitely get into that there. Um, I think that that's a, that'd be a good way to um, uh, parade for Christmas time. And Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, who, who's not acting anymore? Well, <laughs> you know, I know, right? <laughs> for oh, different boy. reasons, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, Danny, you are, once again, welcome back if you like to come back if for that yes. one. If, you sure. know. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. I love that movie. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely work that out. So, it's usually we shoot this, we record this on a Wednesday at like six. So, if you can make it, that'll be great you know, next, next month. Um, so just to, you're already in two, you know, you might as well do the, the third and final one for the season anyway. You know? complete, complete the series. Yes, huh? exactly. And yes, it's, it's perfect. We've had sort of things like, um, like, uh, I was saying earlier, Alfred picked two, uh, movies that are, uh, what is it? Uh, buddy movies, then yet you also picked uh, this because Dan Aykroyd was in. So it's it's sort of all kind of somehow they all connect in some way or whatever. Like six degrees of Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, or you well, know, it, it seems to go that way with everything though, because it's like I, I had the Judge Reinhold stuff in a couple of mine. And, exactly. And, um, yeah, Judge yeah, Reinhold so, and Phoebe Cates together. So you had yeah, the movies absolutely. like Fast Times and uh, Gremlins. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then Gremlins is Christmas with this one as well coming up. So yeah, uh, yeah. So it, um, and I think that with Christmas Vacation and being our our theme of having a lot of '80s stuff in it, um, being Christmas of '89. So this will be um, finishing the decade off too. So and I did Goonies and you did Gremlins. Season. So two Steven Spielberg produced, you know, um, movies. So yeah, like I don't know. It's, they're all connected. So the only one I can say maybe is not is Excalibur with uh, with Alfred's, but Excalibur is still such a great movie that it it worked really well with our. Steven Spielberg was in a uh, in the at the end of the Blues Brothers, the the county assessment officer. There you go. And that connects to Landis and yeah, Landis. Yeah, Landis. Yeah, Landis, yeah, John Landis. So there you go. And it's Akron, all. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all the universe is all connected. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us next month. We are going to be doing uh, Christmas vacation in December. So we're really excited about that. And I uh, can't wait to talk about that movie. I have that on Blu-ray, so I have no problem. I need to get on 4K eventually, but, you know, I think it's on 4K. Um, and have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Danny K tap dance with Danny fucking K. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, everybody, uh, I love join, us, that <laughs> join us next uh, next month for that one. Everybody, say bye. 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 You're listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast.